1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Episode 7 of The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show here. I'm Rob stats Guerrero from Niners Nation, and with me as always, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. What's going on, Ed?
2: Hey, Stats, how you doing? Big uh, Giants-Eagles-NFC least action coming everybody's way here on Thursday night to kick off another another week of, of NFL action. I'm sure everybody's just dying for this for this big <laughs> NFC East contest.
1: We are going to get to that game. Plus, we are going to get to the games that you, the fans, have picked for us to talk about this week. In case you're new to the pod, you don't know how it works, it's very simple. We ask you what games you want us to talk about, and then we talk about them. Go to SBNation.com reacts, or if you're on Twitter, at SBNReacts, and vote on the games you want to hear about. We tally the votes up, and that's what we talk about every week here on the pod. We do have to start with the Thursday night game. It is Giants and Eagles. And, Ed, you said it, and everyone's been saying it, NFC the Least and all that. But you know what? The division is still up for grabs. And if you're a fan of the Giants or a fan of the Eagles, you're watching this game, and you're interested. And so I know that the records aren't good, but it matters. Yeah,
2: it does. You know, I've I've said this at Big Blue View. It's it's amazing, it's embarrassing, it's annoying, it's it's all of those things. But you know what? It's also a game that has first place implications. As weird as that seems, it has first place implications. So it's a big football game. Yeah, it's between two bad teams, but it's a big game. And that's what you
1: care about as a fan. So we're going to talk about it as it is a big game. Uh, big news for the Eagles in that Lane Johnson and Deshaun Jackson look like they're going to play. They were limited in practice on Wednesday, but Doug Peterson said he thinks they're going to play. As a Giant fan, Ed, are you a little nervous now that Carson Wentz is actually going to have somebody to throw the ball to for a change?
2: Well, you know, from from a Giants perspective, we're not really allowed to talk about that that particular D- Deshaun person. We're just we're just not allowed to talk about him. You know, it's bad mojo, whatever. We're just not allowed to talk about that particular player.
1: Carson Wentz almost beat the Ravens last week without 80% of his offensive line, his top three receivers, his top two tight ends, and his best running back for most of the game. If he's starting to get some weapons back, maybe he can kind of round into form and look a little bit more like that guy that was in the
2: running for MVP a few years ago. You know, it's amazing. You, uh, you listen to, to the folks in Philly, you read, you know, you read bleeding green nation and you know, they're, they're, they're ready to, to throw Carson Wentz off of a bridge in Philly. You know, (laughs) they, 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 they really are, but Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz is a good NFL quarterback. I mean, he's not Aaron Rodgers, but he's a good NFL quarterback I mean, this guy has been running for his life all season. He hasn't had Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, Andre Dillard, Jason Peters. You know, what has he had for an offensive line? I think I looked at the stats the other day, and he's he's on pace to be sacked 66 times this season, 66 times. I think his career high in times he, he's he been sacked is is somewhere in the 30s. So the the guy's running for his life. He's got no, he's had no receivers. How is anybody in that circumstance going to put up any numbers? So, I mean, I haven't studied all of the film of, of Wentz this year. If you want to say he misses an open receiver once in a while, fine. But, but if you can't protect your quarterback, if you've got no one for him to throw to, then, then, then his numbers are going to stink. You sound strangely
1: sympathetic for the guy that runs Big Blue View.
2: No, I'm not sympathetic, but but I understand this because I people spent years, you know, criticizing Eli Manning. And this is what I said for years and years and years. He drops back, he's getting killed, and he throws the ball to a bunch of guys who he pretty much introduced himself to two or three days ago. So, <laughs> you know, a... a I mean, there were years when the guys, Giants, were picking up free agents on Tuesdays and playing them on Sunday, and and you just can't succeed that way. I just, you know, I guess my point is, I understand that Wentz is a better player than his numbers indicate, and I keep looking at this Philly team, and and and, you know, I've, I've said it to Philly people before, and it's like they won the Super Bowl three years ago. And I thought they were set up with a young roster, cost controlled roster of you know, of guys. I thought they were set up for a nice long run, and it just hasn't happened. The windows close fast
1: in the NFL. I mean, look at the Rams. They win the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, missed the playoffs last year. Forty ers are in the Super Bowl last year. This year, starting off struggling. I mean, things life comes at you fast, as the kids say. And, uh, you know, they're trying to work their way through it now and hopefully getting some offense back with the return of he who
2: shall not be named. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we don't we don't mention that name. And we also don't punt to him either. We do not punt to him. him. (laughs) I,
1: I watched that highlight actually this morning. I don't know. It came up in my Twitter feed. It is incredible. That number one, that they punt to him. And then number two, he fumbles the the ball as soon as it comes to him. Then he just picks it up and flies to the end zone. It was like the
2: parting of the blue sea.
1: (laughs) And then immediately, I'll never forget this. They smash cut to Coughlin coming off the sideline, looking like he's going to
2: murder the punter. And you know, after that year, Matt Dodge never worked in the NFL again. John Jackson
1: ending careers over here um, on the Giants side of things, Ed, for, you know, we talk about the Eagles struggles on offense, the giants are worse. The giants can't score at all. They've only scored 101 points this season. That's the third lowest in, in the entire NFL. I know Saquon Barkley's hurt and that, that obviously is a factor, but you got to be able to score points and offense has never been easier. What's going on?
2: Well, you're absolutely right. You've got to be able to score touchdowns. And the biggest thing with the Giants has been lack of of what everybody refers to as explosive plays. And some of that comes from not having Saquon Barkley. Maybe some of that comes from Sterling Shepard having been out for a while. I think some of that also comes from really not using... Evan Ingram correctly the Giants are using him on a lot of short quick little throws rather than getting him down the field or at least getting him on crossing routes where he can try to outrun somebody and get up the field but the other thing of it is Daniel Jones has made several critical mistakes in the red zone at the goal line this year that have cost the Giants touchdowns you cannot drive the ball for 19 plays like they did against Pittsburgh and come away with zero points you cannot drive the ball for 14 plays like they did I think against the Cowboys and get down inside the 10 yard line and come away with zero points you just cannot do those things actually I think that was actually against Washington the other day but but you can't do those things and and take points away from away from your team and they're just NFL games come down to a handful of plays and you just can't make those those kinds of, of critical errors
1: yeah I've said it on this show I've said it on other shows sometimes playing quarterback is all about the worst thing that you do during a game and the worst thing that Daniel Jones does is he's always either turning the ball over or just putting the ball on the ground, and those are drive killers, absolute drive killers, especially when not only do you
2: take touchdowns off the board, but when you turn it over, you take field goals off the board too. You know, everybody, if you watch an NFL game, every quarterback makes a handful of mistakes during a game. Every quarterback will miss an open receiver once in a while. Every quarterback will probably you know, throw a ball once in a while that he probably shouldn't have thrown. Daniel Jones just has this, or so far in his career, he has this this habit of making those mistakes at the most spectacularly awful times imaginable.
1: (laughs) That's that's not a good quality to have uh, for any quarterback, let alone uh, the guy that you're hoping is going to be your franchise guy for years to come. When it does come to that offense, to me – this season right now, with who you have out there, the most special aspect of it is Daniel Jones running the ball. Do you think we're going to see some more designed runs for Daniel Jones? I mean, he broke out last week. Like, what did he have, a 49-yard run? Like, he can scoot, and
2: and that's the best thing you got going for you if you're the Giants. I think you have to. I think you almost have to because they're not getting the big explosive plays in the passing game the way that you'd like to. Devonta Freeman is a nice running back. He, you know, they've they've figured out what he does pretty well. But we talk about explosive plays and I've seen a handful of plays over the past 2 weeks where Devonta Freeman gets to the second level and he's, you know, maybe 8 yards downfield and he's one-on-one with a safety and I'm thinking if that's Barkley, that's fifty, and he's gone, yeah. and and Devonta Freeman gets his eight yards and goes back to the huddle, and, and it's a huge difference. It's a huge difference when you know he's a good, solid running back, but he's but he but he's not gonna break that fifty-yard run. He's not gonna make people miss and run away from them in the secondary and and it makes a big a big difference i mean that said the giants have to get better on offense i don't know stats you know i'm gonna let you pick this game first the eagles are giving four and a half in this one
1: um far be it for me to cause a little disturbance in the pod but i have to go with the eagles in this one ed i'm sorry it feels to me like the Giants are just beaten down it feels to me like they don't expect to win any games that they've just sort of resigned themselves that this is a lost year even though they're still technically in it I don't feel a sense of urgency from the Giants with the Eagles I do I mean they're getting beat by the Ravens last week and they almost come all the way back if Doug Peterson calls a better two-point conversion play that game is tied up at the end of the game there I feel like there's urgency from Philly geshawn jackson is back maybe they start to get a little bit healthier carson wentz is playing better now than he did earlier in the year and i don't know if you're aware of this ed but the eagles are going with the black jerseys and they are 5-0 and against the giants when wearing their black jerseys so i'll take the eagles and i'll lay the points
2: all good things all bad things come to an end stats always they always come to an end and I look at it this way. They can be the Eagles are like you said they're 5 and 0 in their black jerseys. They're they've beaten the Giants 7 straight times. Wow. They've beaten the Giants 20 out of the last 24 times that they've played. But I'm going to disagree with you on the fact that I think that 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 the Giants are beaten down. I think that when I look at these teams in the NFL nfc east the cowboys should be better than they are the eagles should be better than they are and maybe if they get healthy maybe they will be better than they are but right now today as we do this show the giants are one in five and i would make an argument that based on the way they've played the team that might be on the upswing in the nfc east the team that might be getting better you know, week over week is the giants. I just have to believe that sooner or later, they're going to beat this team. They're going to beat the Eagles sooner or later. This has to change. And, and maybe I'm wearing my blue colored glasses, you know, (laughs) but, but I'm going to pick the giants to, to pull the upset tonight. And believe it or not, I'm the only one on the big blue view staff who has made that pick. So maybe I'm wearing the blue-colored glasses. You know, maybe, maybe I need to go see the eye doctor. I don't know.
1: <laughs> a lot of gamblers have lost a lot of money betting on streaks to end, Ed. I will
2: say that. Yeah, but you know, there, there there's no money. I'm just I'm just recommending other people spend their money. I'm not spending <laughs> any of my own. <laughs> That's the best way to do it.
1: Now we're gonna get to the number one game of the week, your choice, the game you most wanted to hear about. And it's not surprising to me at all, Ed. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers heading to the Music City to take on the Tennessee Titans. This is an awesome game. You've got just great play all around. Two great quarterbacks matching up. Two great head coaches. Two very, very good defenses. I mean, this is the game of the week and one of the games of the
2: year. Oh, this, this is awesome. You know, both undefeated teams. And I think I said a week ago that I wanted to see the Steelers prove to me that they were as good as their record and as good as their stats all indicated, and they beat the tar out of the Cleveland Browns. They absolutely beat the tar out of the Cleveland Browns. And my favorite thing about that was they have pretty much caused a week-long Odell Beckham meltdown.
1: <laughs> oh, here come! I knew you were going to
2: get a <laughs> That's that's all I'm going to say about that. But they've they've caused an Odell Beckham meltdown. They've caused him to to complain about being taken out of the game and and say that you know Covid nineteen can't invade his body because they have some sort of an agreement. you know he's <laughs> he's gone to planet Beckham and and you know, let him stay there. You're totally right about
1: the Steelers. look, we said that the Browns need to run the ball that that was their strength. and Pittsburgh went there and completely took away the best thing that the Browns do. Nobody could stop the Browns running game. Pittsburgh totally neutralized it, and they made them look like a clown show trying to pass the ball. It was ugly there. They humiliated the Cleveland offense in that game. The Steelers are a really good team. I've said all year long to me, they are the team that can disrupt the Chiefs' return to the Super Bowl in the AFC. I love the way they play. They get after the quarterback. I love the Steelers, and yet here's Tennessee, Ed just rolling along no matter what kind of game they need to play. If they need to score, they can score. If they need to grind it out and play defense, they can do that. I mean, is it time to buy the Tennessee Titans?
2: I almost think that it has to be, and I'm on that bandwagon where at this point I'm going to buy the Titans until somebody proves to me otherwise. I mean, I'm, I'm so interested in this matchup for the simple reason that that Steelers defense is so good. And, you know, what they did to Cleveland what they did to Cleveland's running game a week ago. And like you said, here comes Tennessee with 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 Derrick Henry, you know, and with pretty much the best ground game in the NFL. And and that's how they want to beat you. They just want to run the ball down your throat with this 250 pound monster and Derrick Henry. You know, and and I I think that you know Josh Norman is still trying to trying to find oh. all of all of his body parts. <laughs>
1: oh, that was a
2: vicious stiff arm. <laughs> oh man, but all of that said, and as much respect as I have for this for this Pittsburgh defense, I'm gonna pick Tennessee in this game until somebody beats them. I think I'm gonna ride with the Titans.
1: Why do you think the Titans will be able to run the ball when Cleveland couldn't?
2: I just keep looking at Derrick Henry and I keep, I keep thinking he's not that good. Is he? He, he, he's not that good. Is he really that good? Holy crap. This guy's a whole lot better than I thought he was. <laughs> and you know, it, it, I just have a lot of respect for, for that team. I have a lot of respect for Mike Vrabel, and I keep waiting. We've said it before. I keep waiting for the, for the bottom to fall out on, on the Tannehill train and it's just not happening so i'm gonna take the titans in this one and uh and we'll see what happens
1: yeah ryan tannehill 13 touchdowns two interceptions he's been incredible like once again another game away from adam Gase, he still looks good in fact i have to ask this question ed who's the best quarterback in this game because i'm not sure
2: oh that's a good question and and I think it's time to buy on Ryan Tannehill. I think the farther he gets away from Adam Gase, the better he gets. But uh, I am interested to see what happens if the Steelers are able to put Tennessee in a situation where where Ryan Tannehill has to go win this game. That I'm interested in seeing because I'm I'm still – that's my one question with Tennessee is if – if they manage to completely shut down that Tennessee running game, can Ryan Tannehill, you know, pick this up, throw the ball 35 or 40 times and go win this game?
1: I don't trust Ryan Tannehill in a close game as much as I trust Ben Roethlisberger, but I trust Mike Vrabel in a close game way more than I trust Mike Tomlin. I think Mike Vrabel is. Sit the maybe the second best situational coach in the entire league other than bill belichick he's fantastic but i think i have to go pittsburgh in this and it's going to be close tennessee is given a point so it's obviously a very close spread but i'm going to go Steelers in this one i think big ben is is rounding into form every week he looks good now i think he's getting better every week I like with the Steelers defense I think is going to be able to not shut down Derrick Henry, but they're going to be able to slow him down to where more of the game is going to be on Tannehill's shoulders. And even if he is really good, that Pittsburgh defense I think is the best in the league. The spread is small. I'll take the Steelers. It's going to be close, but I'll take the points since, since they're the ones getting the points. I'll go with them.
2: Hey, how about that? Two games and we disagree on both of them. It's about damn time. I know, I know. Way too much, way too much agreement here on the Look Ahead podcast over the first six weeks. Not enough, not enough, uh, not enough bickering between the co-hosts.
1: Hey, maybe I should agree with you because I took a look, Ed, at the SB Nation expert picks and you are in second place. And you're only a game out of first place among all the SB Nation experts. It's Gina Thomas and Ed Valentine
2: number two. So maybe I should be agreeing with you more. And you know... The only reason I'm in second place is because Gina's my boss. Gina's my boss, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Tank one of the games. Well, well, I I have to be careful here, you know.
1: Oh, Ed Valentine's picking the Jets this week. I wonder
2: why. (laughs) I'm I'm not stooping that far ever.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: All right, let's get to the next game up on our list, and that is Seahawks and Cardinals. The Cardinals are getting three and a half points. The Seahawks are coming off a bye, and the Cardinals that are coming off an absolute whooping, of the Dallas Cowboys. They first four turnovers. They scored, I think, 24 points off of those turnovers. Kyler Murray didn't even have a good game. He was nine of 24. It didn't matter. They destroyed the Cowboys. They've got a little bit of momentum. And this is a big game. If the Cardinals have designs on the NFC West, they need to take down
2: Seattle. And everybody else in the NFC West, by the way, is rooting hard for the Cardinals. The Cardinals, you know, not only had the Cowboys Last week, they had the jets the week before they've won two games over the last two weeks by a combined score of 68 to 20. And so, so they have basically had scrimmages the last two weeks, (laughs) (laughs) you know, basically had scrimmages. They, they get to play a real team, you know, this week. And this is just super, super interesting to me. I mean, you've got Russell Wilson, who sort of, in a way, it, it's kind of cool because Russell Wilson, you know, mobile, smaller quarterback is the guy kind of paved the way, you know, for, for Kyler Murray to to get his opportunity. So it's it's really, really cool, you know, to see these two guys who are so special at what they do, you know, go head to head. I was really worried about Kyler Murray when he came into
1: the league because he is small, not just small in terms of height. He's not super thick. He's not super muscly. Like I've stood next to Kyler Murray and I've stood next to Russell Wilson at the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson is thick, man. He's solid. He's like a freaking block of granite. Kyler Murray looks like me if I hit the gym for a couple of months. Like it's not really, he's not as physically impressive as Russell Wilson. Now he does an incredible job of not taking hits. He's fantastic at it. But I was really worried when I first saw him, and it's been a pleasant surprise for Cardinals and Cardinals fans because he knows exactly when to get down. He knows when to get yards. He even knows how to sort of fake defenders out to make them think he's going down and then pick up a few more yards. He has mastered that, and uh, it's a it's a welcome sight for everybody related to the Cardinals.
2: And it's not only the fact that that he knows how to get down and he knows how to avoid those hits. It's that he's, he's so darn quick and it's not just it's not just you know flat out foot speed it's just quickness to be able to put himself in places where he can get down you know we talked a little bit about Daniel Jones running the other day and I love that in the Giants offense the way it's constructed and yet there were two or three times in that game where you know Daniel Jones is 6'5 and 230 But I don't want to see my quarterback putting his shoulder down in the mid, you know, in in the open field. I want to see him get down. I want to see him get out of bounds. I don't want to see him take hits. And 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 you you just plain cannot hit Kyler Murray. But and but the other amazing thing that they do is they find, despite the fact that you know that that he's five foot what nine maybe. I don't care what I don't care what the what the 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 official bio says he's not tall, but they find windows for him to throw the ball into. And they do a really good job of that. So I'm just, this is just such an interesting game for me. Um, You know, Seattle has they're they're scoring a million points a game, which is mostly due to Russell Wilson's brilliance. They can't stop anybody. Their, their defense is just awful. And, you know, my initial take on this game was that I think that Seattle's better and Seattle's more consistent, but you know, but the Seahawks are really a one man show. And a one man show is not gonna go 16 and 0. So I mean, I, I I I lean toward I lean toward the Cardinals in this one, you know, just just because I think sooner or later that you know somebody's gonna somebody's gonna slow Wilson down enough to beat the Seahawks. Wow. You are taking the Cardinals. Unbelievable. I, you know, I, it's funny because initially I took Seattle and, and the more I've thought about it, the more I think, you know, it's just this, the Seahawks are, to me, they're just not going to go 16 and 0. You're going to lose some games along the way. And this is a game where, where Arizona steps up and, and shows that they're real. Arizona, this is a game where they're they going to
1: really miss Chandler Jones. I mean, they could really use someone to get after Russell Wilson. Chandler Jones is one of the best pass rushers in the entire league. I would have felt a lot better about Arizona if he was in the lineup. Here's what worries me about the Cardinals. They scored so many points against Dallas because they got four turnovers. Well, Russell Wilson doesn't turn the ball over. So you're not going to get four turnovers this week. So I don't know that they're going to be able to score enough points to stick with Seattle, even though Seattle's defense is absolute garbage. Russell Wilson is rolling right now. DK Metcalf is an absolute monster. As much as it pains me to do it, and trust me, it pains me to do it as a 49ers fan, I think I have to go with Seattle in this one just because when it comes down to it, as flashy as Kyler Murray can look, he has some some uh uh-oh plays, some misses, some just bad throws, and Russell Wilson doesn't. Ever, it seems like at least not this year. So I gotta go with Seattle. I'll I'll give the three and a half points. I almost throw up saying that because I hate the Seahawks (laughs) with that much passion. Please,
2: please don't do that while we're doing a show. Wait until later.
1: We, We do have a video set up here, so I'm sure you wouldn't appreciate that. But I gotta go with Seattle in this, even though they're on the road, it doesn't matter. No fans in the stands. Give me Seattle and I'll lay the points.
2: Wow, three for three on disagreements.
1: Next game up on your list. Again, just a reminder you pick the games you want to hear about. We talk about them. SB Nation reacts, uh, SBNation.com, excuse me, slash reacts or at SBN on Twitter to go place your vote. Next up, Ed, Buccaneers and Raiders. And the Buccaneers are coming off an absolute destruction of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. It was ugly. It was ugly early. That defense got after Rodgers. I think they hit him like 13 times, something like that. It was a mauling. They scored
2: 38 unanswered points. And this is what this is what we thought we might see you know, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when when Tom Brady signed there. And it it's been up and down the first few weeks as they kind of try to put all the pieces together, as they try to get comfortable. But if we're going to see that, then, you know, good Lord, put them in the NFC championship game at least because, you know, that's, if they're going to put up 38 points and if they're going to beat the tar out of, out of opposing offenses like that, um, you know, the, then, then that's a really, really good team. Like I said, it's, it's the consistency that that we didn't see the first few weeks, and, and that's what I'm interested to see is can they can they sustain, you know, that that kind of play for a few weeks now.
1: I've been saying that I think Brady is just getting more and more comfortable every week, so I think he's going to be better in December and January than he is right now. And if that defense is rounding into form, you're right. It, it, Tampa Bay could be looking pretty good. Now they're playing a Raiders team that's coming off of a bye so, you know, John Gruden and company has had an extra week to prepare. Maybe he's been in the lab cooking up some, you know, spider Y banana or whatever the hell that play is called that he <laughs> loves to talk about. I mean, the Raiders offense can move the ball a little bit, especially if they play Ed, like they did against the Chiefs, where Derek Carr was aggressive and pushing the ball deep down the field. Do you think that continues against this Bucs defense?
2: Well, the Raiders are entertaining. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it's a Gruden coach team. They're entertaining. They have some weapons. Derek Carr, you know, is a good quarterback, if 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 not a great quarterback. I don't know if they can I don't know if they can put up 40 points against against this Tampa Bay defense, though. I mean, they're you know the, the Raiders are fun to watch. But I, I don't see them being able to do you know to Tampa Bay what they did to uh, what they did to Kansas City. Although like you said, the bye week, the, you know the, the chance to study and, and do those things and and maybe add some wrinkles. The Raiders are interesting. I just I, I'm just not buying that they can that they can pull off you know two wins in a row like this. This is what I don't understand about Derek Carr. And maybe
1: you can explain it to me. He's had years now where he's tried to, you know, not push the ball down the field and be kind of conservative and see if he could put drives together. And it's not working. It's clearly not working for him. John Gruden is getting more and more frustrated with him. Basically, this is probably the last year that you're going to stick with John Gruden if he's not happy with you, Derek Carr. You've seen what you can do when you push the ball down the field. Derek Carr and John Gruden are neighbors. They're, na- they're, they're actual neighbors. Their houses are next to each other. I'm sure Derek Carr is hearing from Gruden, get the ball down the field, be aggressive, throw it deep. Like, what have you got to lose at this point? Just chuck that thing down the field and see what happens because if you don't, you're probably going to be out of a job anyway.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Some some quarterbacks, it's just in their DNA not to take those chances, you know, and to always to always look for the for the safer – for the safer route maybe car is one of those guys and but by the way would you want to live next to john gruden can you imagine what that must be like i don't know i mean maybe you know can maybe gruden's standing out there yelling at car with a megaphone from over from across the fence who knows (laughs) like you go to get your newspaper
1: in the morning and gruden's there with the megaphone you go to walk your dog gruden's there with the megaphone uh, Chris Sims, I used to produce pro football talk with Chris Sims and Mike Florio and Sims told me when he got married, he was with the Buccaneers. Gooden was the coach. He told coach coach, I'm getting married. Uh, you know, we're going to go on our honeymoon. It's going to be, I think it was like a two week trip and then I'll come back and you know, I'll be all in. So Sims goes on his honeymoon, like four days into the trip. He's getting a call from Guden. Hey Chris, how you doing? Are, are you, are you coming home yet? You know, the team really misses you. We really want to get you in camp. And Sims is like, Coach, I'm on my honeymoon. I told you this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, have a good time. <laughs> a few days later, Gruden calls back. Hey, Chris, it's John. You we, we, are you coming home yet? We really want to get you in there. A few days later, Gruden calls back. Chris left his honeymoon like three days early because John Gruden kept calling him to come back. And they didn't live next door to one another. So what oh, do you think it's like God.
2: when he's the next house over? Uh I just, I'm not sure I could deal with that. Gruden, Gruden's a great quote. He's, he's, and he makes the Raiders fun to watch, but, but he is tough on quarterbacks because it's, it's always his history. No matter who his quarterback is, he always wants the next one. He's always looking for there. There's, he's always looking for the next guy. And I don't know. That that really is his history. He's never happy with the quarterback that he has. No. In
1: fact, uh, Chris Sims uh, once told me that in the Buccaneers facility at the time when Chris was there, the walls were really thin. So it wasn't hard to hear conversations going on in the next room. So Chris would have a meeting with Gruden and everything would be good. He'd be saying, you know, you're my guy. We love you. We're going to do this, that, and the other thing this week. Chris would leave the meeting. And then later in the day, he'd hear Gruden from the other room through the wall, trashing him to another coach or another player. <laughs> like that's John Gruden. That's who he is. He loves the next quarterback.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He never, never loves his quarterback. He loves the next guy. Cause the next guy is always, always better. So the Raiders are getting four points in this game. Where are you going? I'm taking Tampa Bay in this one. I just, uh, you know, I, I was really shocked a couple of weeks ago to see what the Raiders did to, to Kansas City, but I, I would be surprised if if they can do that again. I just think that this Tampa Bay team, when it hits on all cylinders, is just, you know, it is really, really good, and, you know, we're seeing better play the last couple of weeks from Rob Gronkowski as he kind of settles in, And I think Brady's just going to continue to get better and better, especially if Gronk continues to get better and better. So I'm going to take the Buccaneers. I have to agree with you. Look, if the Raiders, if you told
1: me right now the Raiders were going to play as aggressively as they did against the Chiefs, the car was going to push the ball down the field and they were going to attack the whole game, I would be a lot more tempted to take the Raiders in this game. But uh, they have to prove that to me because so far in his career, Derek Carr has proven that he is not that guy. And like I said earlier, A lot of gamblers lost a lot of money betting on streaks to ends. I'm not betting on that to end. I will take Tampa Bay and lay the points. I think Brady's starting to get more comfortable. I think that that defense is really going to turn it up a notch. I think they got a lot of confidence now coming off of what they did to Aaron Rodgers. So I'll take Tampa Bay and I will lay the four points. All right, Ed, now we have reached my favorite part of the show. It's called Dealer's Choice. It's because it's the one time during the show that we talk about a game that you and I pick. We alternate weeks. It is my pick this week, and I'm going straight homer, no doubt about it. Niners traveling to New England in the Jimmy Garoppolo Bowl. It's his return to New England since he was traded. Almost three years to the day, by the way, that they'll play. I'm fascinated by this game, Ed. I'm so excited to see Kyle Shanahan. Make a game plan against Bill Belichick's defense and the chess match that's going to go on between those two. It's the most excited I think I've been for a head coach matchup maybe ever.
2: Wow, ever, ever, wow! And and, and just from the few shows you and I have done together, I can see that that you know you're you're just a little bit excitable. So so uh, most <laughs> excited ever is uh, is uh that's a little bit scary. I just I'm fascinated to see, especially last
1: week. The game plan that Kyle Shanahan came up with was incredible for Jimmy Garoppolo because the stat line for Jimmy G looks great. But let me tell you, he didn't do anything special in that game. Almost all of his passes were either at or behind the line of scrimmage. I think he made 22 passes past the line of scrimmage, and I think he missed nine of them. Like, he was not (laughs) sharp at all. And so now I want to see, because Belichick's going to shut all that down. He's seen that tape now. So he's going to shut down those speed sweeps around the outside and the screen passes. So then Kyle knows this. So now he's got to come up with a counter to Belichick's counter. To me, it's it's just going to be fascinating to watch. I can't wait to see it. And both teams really need this game. The Niners are three and three. Bill Belichick's looking at an AFC East where he's like, we're not the, we might not be the favorite. Now we might win this thing. So both teams really have to win. There's a lot of urgency to this one.
2: Yeah. It's a, it is a fascinating game. I and mean, Cam Newton is back for the Patriots and, and I'm still fascinated to see over the long haul, uh, you know, over the full season, how Cam Newton, you know, plays for new England. I mean, before he, before he missed the game with COVID, you know, they're using him an awful lot in the run game. And, and, and I just, I'm fascinated to see how he holds up. And, and as, as you said, there is something really, really cool about watching two masterminds, especially, you know, guys on, on opposite sides of the ball, you know, Shanahan on offense, Belichick on defense. It's just something, something really interesting about seeing how those two guys go about, you know, attacking each other. So it 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 is a fascinating fascinating matchup for for uh, for me as well. And Cam,
1: look, he has an opportunity to hurt the 49ers this week because they have shown that they cannot stop mobile quarterbacks. Even guys that aren't known for running have found running lanes against the 49ers. They're missing a lot of their best pass rushers, so I think that's opening up some lanes too. So if there was ever a game where Bill Belichick's going to lean on Cam as a runner, this could be it. And maybe he will because Cam did not look sharp last week at all. So the ground game for for Cam is obviously much more reliable at this point, especially because I don't know if the Patriots receivers are going to be able to separate from the 49ers secondary. The 49ers secondary, now that Emmanuel Mosley's back, Jason Verrett is playing outstanding right now. So maybe the best option for the Patriots is to lean on Cam and try and get a win that way.
2: Yeah, it probably is. It's and, and you know it, for me, it's also a matter of of does this game turn into you know does it turn into a a 30 game or can New England keep it you know at a twenty seventeen you know 20 kind of game something like that because I I, I tend to think that that if it turns into an up-and-down shootout, to me, that that favors Kyle Shanahan. I have to agree with you. I mean, he's shown in the
1: past an ability to score against Bill Belichick defenses. I know they didn't win the Super Bowl. Everyone knows it. But they still put up a ton of points in that game on a Bill Belichick defense. And that's when Belichick had two weeks to prepare. Granted, that was a long time ago.
2: Yeah, it was a little while ago, but but still, you know, it it's uh, it bears, you know, keeping that in mind. So I am curious, I'm going to let you go first, you know, since you're the you're the Niners guy here, so are 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 you going to do the Homer thing and and take the Niners to win this one? I Here's the thing. Before the Rams game, I legitimately thought
1: that the 49ers might not win again until week 14 when they played the Washington football team. That's how down I was on the 49ers. Oh,
2: you're you're one of those guys who, when you vote in the SB Nation reacts polls, you you vote confident if your team just won and not confident if they just lost, right?
1: Well, don't forget they were coming off a complete blowout loss to the Miami Dolphins. It wasn't like they lost a close game the week before. They looked horrible. Now, all of a sudden, Kyle Shanahan comes up with this awesome game plan where he's realizing all the mistakes, basically, that he had made earlier in the year, and he's rectifying all that, and they look great. So, I think this is going to be a close game. The spread is Patriots giving one and a half. Uh, I always like getting points. That always makes me feel good. I, I worry about the New England receivers against that Niner secondary, like I said, and I know the Niners are a little banged up but I think I got to go Niners in this one. It's going to be close, but like you said, if it's a shootout, I favor Shanahan and that offense over the New England offense who to me doesn't have a single playmaker
2: anywhere on the field other than quarterback. And you know, it's just it's interesting because New England started off pretty well and I really it's New England at at home and I really want to pick New England but there's this nagging question in the back of my mind about the Patriots. I mean, they had a ton of players opt out, you know, at the the beginning of the season. And there's just this, this nagging question in the back of my mind about how good they really are. And, and can they, you know, can, can they sustain, you know, what they were doing at the beginning of the season? And, And I just don't know. I mean, I have, I have my doubts about both of these teams in a lot of ways, because as you said, I I think that Kyle Shanahan is, is going out of his way to protect Jimmy Garoppolo. And he's actually managing because he's such a good offensive mind. He's managing to create offense while he's not asking his quarterback to do a whole heck of a lot. But I'm kind of throwing my hands up in the air on this one, but I think I'm going to agree with you, and I think I'm going to take the 49ers in this game just because I'm just not sure of what the New England Patriots are.
1: It's been a long time, Ed, since we have said that and actually had to worry about what the New England Patriots might be. So just to recap, you're taking Giants tonight's game, then you're taking Tennessee minus one over Pittsburgh, Arizona, plus three and a half against Seattle, Tampa Bay minus four against the Raiders and San Francisco getting one and a half. We actually disagree a little this week. I'm going Eagles, Steelers, Seahawks, bucks, and Niners. If you want to vote on the games we talk about again, SB reacts, or if you're on Twitter at SBN vote and the games you want to hear most. Those are the games we talk about on this show. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. You'll get this show. You'll get the Friday cheat sheet, Monday, Football Monday, all the shows we offer. I promise you, you won't regret it. And if you leave a question in your review, I promise you, we will answer it. We love hearing from you. Ed, anything else you want to say
2: before we go? No, just a, a quick, well, other than a quick note about reacts. Also, if if you don't, currently participate you also do get to vote in polls regarding your favorite team the weekly fan confidence polls that that uh that we do for each of the uh, of the nfl teams that we cover here on sb nation so so it's uh it's well worth it please do sign up you know, uh, and, and participate in, in the communities because if you don't we don't have a show so please just do it for us okay yeah. uh, we, we, we like getting paid
1: yeah, I like money. Uh, for Ed Valentine, <laughs> I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. Enjoy the game tonight, everybody.